I'm always getting asked, what should I do with my engagement ring? Well, I finally have the answer. Sell it with Worthy. I'm partnering with Worthy so you can turn your wedding jewelry into cash, fast and risk-free. Worthy is great because their competitive auctions ensure you get the best deal possible. Over 45,000 people have already moved on by selling with Worthy. If you're ready to move on from your ring, visit worthy.com moms to get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. That's worthy.com moms when you're ready to move on. This week on Moms Moving On. I remember when my son, who's now 18, was maybe like eight, you know, we were a couple years into this, and he told me, he said, Mom, uh, did you know that when some people get divorced, they get two different houses? (laughs) And that was a revelation to him because in his experience, people could get divorced and still live in the same house. And Uh so it's their norm. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Moms Moving On. We have the wonderful Suzanne Vickberg on with us today. She's a social personality psychologist, coach, and divorce revolutionary. She's passionate about applying her expertise in creative problem solving to tackling life's thorniest challenges, including divorce. Divorce by Design is her second book, and she earned a PhD from, oh, You're from my neck of the woods, from CUNY and an MBA from NYU. She lives in New Jersey. Okay, tri-state area. I love it. Nice to meet you, Suzanne. And thank you so much for being here. What I love about you is that you believe that our divorce is not a tragedy. It just may be our greatest accomplishment. Yeah, it's great to meet you too, Michelle. Thanks for having me here. Of course, of course. So tell us, how did this book come to be? Have you always been focused on helping people through divorce? Give us like the Suzanne backstory. Sure. Uh, Well, the book came to be um, when I first decided to end my marriage. Um, That's right away. Almost. I started thinking I'm going to write about what my family was doing and the way in which my ex and I were getting divorced because I knew that what we were doing was different than what most people do. And people were having such strong reactions to what we were telling them we were planning to do that it was a a clue pretty early on that this is something unusual. Okay. I love unusual and I love, I love the things that make stop and make people, you know, think. So I have to know. What yes. what was this divorce like? So uh, this was about 13 years ago. And, um, you know, our marriage had been struggling for a while, like many marriages. And it was really hard to make the decision to end it. But I started thinking, you know, I don't, it seems horrible to have to end it and sell our house and split the kids and, you know, do all this yeah. stuff. And I thought, well, why does anyone have to move out? Like... We get along okay, you know, it's just that we don't want to be married to each other. And at the time I told him, you know, I don't see why anybody has to move out. Let's just stay here together. We'll get divorced. 
and we'll raise our kids. And so 13 years later, that is what we've been doing. You're still in the same house 13 years later? Still in the same house. Oh my God. He is remarried. His wife also lives with us. This is incredible. Our children who were three and five when we first split up are now 16 and 18. Um, My oldest is getting ready to go to college. And we have had this past 13 years of our marriage being over about our family continuing. That's and really so beautiful. I have wanted to write the book from the beginning. Um, I got some really good advice from my aunt uh, at the time who said, why don't you wait a while? <laughs> why don't you wait until you've proven you can actually do this crazy thing that you're trying to do? And, you know, 13 years later, it's still working. And I finally got the the book written because I just wanted to share our story as one example of how divorce can look different. And not that our divorce would work for everyone, but it just shows there are possibilities. Not all divorces have to be the same because we all get divorced for different reasons. I actually have a friend in a very similar situation. And before I even share this, I just, for anybody listening who's about to shut this off and be like, no, never going to happen. My ex and I can't even have a friendly conversation, let alone live in the same house. Hear me out. Just hear me out because things change over time. And that's what people don't realize that what's now is not forever. Mm -hmm. And all of the feelings eventually subside. But that being said, I have a friend on social media, her account is Fruits of Motherhood. And she too is in the same home with her ex-husband and her new wife. And they decided very early on. And now her new wife is pregnant with her ex-husband's baby. And it just like flips everything you think about divorce on its head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's true. Like a lot of people will say, no, thank you. Right. You know, like, I don't want to do that. But what my book is really about and the message that I'm really trying to share with people is you don't have to live with your ex. This is about creating new options and just coming up with different ways to get divorced instead of following along blindly on the path that you know, we're sort of shown, you know, you talk to professionals and you talk to other people who've been divorced and they sort of tell you, yeah, this is how it goes. You know, someone moves out, you probably sell the house, you split custody, you, you know, you get your kids every other holiday, but that's one option. Right. And there are infinite other options, but you need to get creative You need to close your ears to all of the people who are telling you that what you're doing is never going to work because everyone told us that. And you just have to think about like, if I could just pretend I didn't know how divorces usually go, what would I want? You know, how do I want this to look? Well, And as you said, things shift over time too. So sometimes I'm, I have friends who you know, when they first split up, couldn't stand to be in a room with their ex, but years later do celebrate holidays together Mm -hmm. because as emotions cool and things shift, um, different possibilities might open up. For sure. And I, I am a living testament to that. You know, six years ago when I got separated, I didn't even think we'd be able to greet each other at exchanges of our child, let alone celebrate and travel together and do all the things that we do now. And, and I, you know, I'm not saying the end goal has to be to all live together, but I love that you're, 
you're pushing this idea of doing it your own way because I push doing what's best for the kids and every family is different. And in some families, it may look like what you're doing. And in others, it may look like very strict parallel parenting and we don't get in each other's way and we don't have any relationship because that's what's better for the kids. So the idea behind this episode is not do it Suzanne's way. It's open your mind to doing what works best for your family. Absolutely. And just, you know, try to question all of the assumptions about how we're supposed to get divorced. You know, one of the one of the examples I like to share is that, you know, when we did have a conversation with um, a paralegal, we didn't use attorneys because Mm -hmm. we were able to figure out our agreement together. But we used a paralegal. The attorneys would have jumped in and told you you're crazy and made a whole mess of it. 100%. 100%. Not, Good choice. They're not the only ones who told have told us we're crazy, you know, but we trusted each other. We, we right. just, we decided that we would continue to operate that way. We did meet with a paralegal to help us with the paperwork for the divorce. And one of the questions he asked us, which is a very typical question, is how are you going to split up the holidays? And there's nothing wrong with asking that question. And in a lot of cases, it makes sense for people to sort of agree to that in the beginning. But the assumption underneath the question is that we would split the holidays. Mm-hmm. And even that assumption we challenged, we said, we're not going to split the holidays at all. We're going to spend the holidays together like we always have. And so I'm just encouraging people, every question that is asked of you, there's not a right answer. It's the right answer for you. But question, what's the assumption underneath the question that someone has just asked me, who's going to keep the house? Well, what if we're both (laughs) going to keep the house? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the assumption that someone has to keep the house, you know, like I, and I deal with this a lot with my clients. We actually, our podcast episode that came out this week, which when you're listening to this will have been months ago, um, was about this thing with keeping the house. So many people moms in particular, and rightfully so, because they're emotionally attached to the home and the memories fight to keep the house. And then a year into the divorce, they're like, wait a second, this is too much house, too many memories. I can't handle all this. I don't want to have to deal with the leaks and the gardener and this and that. And so I I do find that so many of these fights are centered around our life is going to look like what it's going to look like based around whoever stays in the home with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like such a, yeah, such a sticking point there. Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask you, because I know in 13 years, it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> no. How, no, no. How has this impacted, <laughs> um, well, your kids? I mean, how, how do they explain, how do you explain this to them? How do they take it? And also for you personally, in your personal life, has it been challenging? Mm-hmm. Well, for the kids, I mean, you know, this has been their reality for their whole lives that they can remember, you know? So I remember when my son, who's now 18, was maybe like eight, you know, we were a couple of years into this. And he told me, he said, mom, uh, did you know that when some people get divorced, they get two different houses? (laughs) And that was a revelation to him because in his experience, people could get divorced and still live in the same house. And Uh so it's their norm. It's always been their norm. Um, My kids will tell you that it's been great for them. You know, they have three, three parents uh, who all are here full time. 
Um, his wife, Anna, they met almost right away after we split up. So she's been in the picture for 13 years. She has raised our kids with us and that's all been great. So for the kids, you know, I, I suppose maybe some of their friends might think it's different, but even their friends are at our house all the time. Everybody's very used to it. Um, in my personal life, you know, I will say in the beginning, my friends and family were, um, I won't say they weren't supportive, but they just thought this is crazy. Like you, that's not a good idea what you're talking about, you know, that you will stay there and it's not going to work. Um, and then later on, you know, they've, they're all on board now. So if it comes up, it's most often with dating. Right. Um, of course. That's where I was headed. Yes. yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, I, it's, there have been people who don't even want to go out with me because they're like, I don't know, you know, maybe you're not really divorced or something weird is going on over there. There have been people who think it's a little strange, but are willing to give it a try. You know, I have had, I have had partners who came around the house and were here and, you know, got to know everyone in the family. I have had people that even seemed like a little too eager <laughs> to like join in and want to be one big happy family. So, you know, I would say it probably has been a barrier in some cases. Um, I would also say that I'm looking for the type of person who is open-minded enough to see what we're doing and why. I will say that once people come to our house, it's a lot easier for them to understand what this is really. What the dynamic is. Yeah. 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 I And I don't know why anybody even like, I, we get so preoccupied with what people are going to think or how they're going to take it. And when you realize that people only process things through their own perspective of what yeah. might be right for them or could work for them, it gets a whole lot easier to just stay in your lane and do what you want to do. They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. So tell me about your practice a little bit. Are you working primarily with divorced couples or divorcing women? I am not doing much uh, coaching in that realm right now. I am doing mostly more professional sort of executive type of coaching. Okay. Um, I, you know, wrote this book because I wanted to share what is really my expertise is in creative problem solving, um, which, you know, we use in the corporate world to help companies solve their problems. Mm -hmm. And so I'm taking design thinking, which is one of the techniques that we use to solve problems in the corporate world. And I'm applying it to this more personal challenge and helping people understand how it can help them get creative mm -hmm. uh, in their divorces. So while I, you know, 
do coach a few people who are in the situation of divorce. Um, the majority of my work right now is more around professional coaching and then getting this book out into the world. Yes, which, I know how you that know, goes. Yes. Which, as you know, <laughs> is a lot of work. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of work. And then it, the work started all over again this week when it was released again for a second yeah. printing. And I'm like, <laughs> and okay. Congratulations. Thanks. I mean, sure. I didn't even, I didn't know that was even something that could happen, but okay. But yeah. you know, all, all that to be said, any, I feel like any education or any, anything you can put out into the world in the form of a book for someone who's going through divorce to pick it up and say, okay, there is a different way, whether it's different way of co-parenting or a different way of what our family is going to look like after divorce. It just helps normalize. Yes, totally. Something that hasn't been fully normalized yet. In my opinion, I, you know, for me, it feels like it is my daily life with my work and being a co-parent. My husband's a family court judge, but for so many, it's still like so taboo. So I love that you're really rewriting the script over there. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I appreciate about your book is that you are helping normalize it. You're validating people's feelings, but you're also sort of telling them, okay, you know, you've got these feelings, but now you have to actually go about living your life. Right. And creating, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you, you can, you know, spend some time crying about it. Totally legitimate. And then you got to kind of pick yourself up and figure out what kind of life do you want to create? Yeah. And, you know, I also really appreciate that you, you, you give people like a real reality check about what is a catastrophe and what, what isn't, you know, for example, if you don't agree with your co-parents about how to parent in every situation, that's okay. It's, right. It's, it would be ideal if we we're all on the same page. Sometimes we're not. And right. I love that you normalize that and help people put it into perspective because I think it's so important. I appreciate that. And I think, you know, I, I, like everybody in the beginning of my divorce, everything was a catastrophe. The toothbrushing, the bedtime routine, the, you know, not answering my call on the first ring, everything was a catastrophe. But I was like a prisoner to my emotions at that point. And, and it was awful. But anyway, back to you. So <laughs> within your home and family of three adults, do you co-parent or do you have a schedule or are you just kind of like day by day winging it? I imagine there's got to be a shared calendar of some kind. There is. There's a shared calendar and it's gotten even looser now that the kids are older, right? right. I mean, my oldest one drives and, you know, they can prepare Game meals. Game changer. And yeah. But they were, they were young, you know, when we started. And so we've always kept the schedule pretty loose, um, but we did sort of plan for you know, I would cook dinner on Tuesdays and Thursdays and, you know, they would cook dinner on Mondays and Wednesdays. And the weekend has always been a free for all. Like we've just never planned weekends. It's like whoever's around, like if I want to go out on Saturday night, I'll just be like, hey, by the way, I'm going out on Saturday night. The great thing about three parents when they were young was there was always someone home. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to go anywhere, it was never like, oh, I can't go on Tuesday because Tuesday is when I'm always home with the kids. It's like, oh, well, I'll see the kids on Wednesday. Right. It it was very flexible. It's flexible for my job in terms of traveling. I didn't have right. to make any big arrangements. I could just sort of leave. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that's so, awesome. Yeah. And, you know, whatever schedule we have had around dinner or whatever, it's we've always been willing to trade off or sometimes it's like, Hey, guess what? No one's here. Kids, you know, heat up a microwave dinner order 
order something tonight because we're all busy. It's you, you must have like amazing communication between the three of you to be able to live an un, somewhat unstructured life in this type of setting, which is great. I mean, it takes the pressure off of everybody. Good yeah. for you. That's awesome. Well, and I will say that the communication is made a lot easier by my relationship with her. Um, you know, my ex and I, you know, there's some tension in the way we communicate, you know, as two people Naturally. who did not manage <laughs> to stay married to each other. Um, and so especially in the earlier years, what happened was she and I planned the calendar and he, you know, she would, it's not that he and I didn't talk. We saw each other every single day, but when it came down to like, who's going to do Logistics, what, when, right. it was just easier for she and I to make the plans and then you know, they would coordinate their half of things together and I would do my half. And the fact that she and I have a very easy relationship has has made all of that smoother. That's incredible that you can have that and that she was open to the situation as well, because I can imagine it would be hard for some people. Yeah. And when when she when she met him, we weren't divorced. You know, we were separated um, and we actually didn't get divorced for quite a long time. And, you know, she was a little hesitant. I mean, what's going on over there? Like, so yeah. you're not divorced. You still live together at the time. I mean, we have since added on to our house. So I have a whole separate wing. So it's not a wing, really. It's like a little apartment. I made it sound like a mansion. It's not at all. It's just a normal house. But for the first two years, I was in the guest room, like directly next to his bedroom. So when she met him, you know, I was just like sleeping in the next room but her parents were divorced. And what she saw in what we were trying to do was two parents who just desperately wanted to figure out how to make it work so that we could both stay with our kids. Mm -hmm. And she appreciated that because she had a very different situation growing up. I'll tell you that nobody understands divorce like another divorced person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Well, so I want to know, you know, you've been talking about your book and I'm sure promoting it and getting feedback. What do you think is the biggest takeaway for readers from your book? Um, I think it's that there's a third option. So, you know, the, the, the struggle that I had when I was still married was I was unhappy. I had done everything I could to figure out how to be happy within my marriage or to fix the marriage or, right. and I just was unhappy. And so I felt like I had this choice between staying unhappily married or destroying my family by leaving, Right. you know, with a three and a five-year-old, that's, I, that's just how I felt. Like I was going to ruin everyone's life if I left his, right. I didn't want to ruin his life either. I felt terrible about the whole thing. Um, and those were the two options I felt like I had. And I just was stuck for a really long time because I said, how on earth am I supposed to choose between these? And the more I thought about it, I, I just kept thinking these can't be the only two options. Mm -hmm. There have to be other options. So mm -hmm. what other options are there? And I just really started thinking about like, what were the most you know, horrible parts of the future I was looking at if I, if I left. Um, and that was, you know, me not seeing the kids every day, him not seeing the kids every day, one or both of us losing the home, um, 
you know, him having to figure out a new health insurance situation because he has a small business, Uh um, all of that. And I thought, well, what if we didn't have to go through any of that, but we could still get divorced and not spend the rest of our lives unhappily married? Well, I love you. Actually, I mean, the title of your book is perfect. You did absolutely design your own divorce in a way that worked for you. And for anybody listening, I don't want you to think that if you will not be under the same roof with your ex-spouse, because it's a very uncommon thing to do, you're destroying lives. You're not. You're going to be just fine. Everything will be fine. So long as you do what's true to you and your family, it's all going to work out. Suzanne Vickberg, thank you so much for being here with us today. Where can everybody find you and your book that they need to get their hands on? So the book Divorce by Design is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, some bookstores. Um, If you don't see it at your own bookstore, you can can request it. I I have a website, suzannevickberg.com. I'm on Instagram at Suzanne Vickberg. And we will um, link all of this. Obviously. LinkedIn, Suzanne Vickberg. There's a theme. Um, so, so well yeah. branded. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I would love to connect with people. I would love to hear people's stories about their efforts to have a divorce. Maybe just that's different uh, than the norm and questions and all of that. I welcome people to reach out. Well, I think you're really brave and really amazing and you should be really proud of yourself. And I know your kids are better people because of your choices. So thank you. And for the rest of you, thank you so much for being here. You know, we're always here for you at Moms Moving On and we'll see you next time. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high-conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms, and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my Moving On Method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.